Hey podcast, Richard here. So before we get into today's masterclass, I'm asking for a big favor. In the show notes and on my website, I added a link to a survey. If you're a student preparing for the board exams or you're a student in class and just struggling to learn the material, I need to know how to help you. So please fill out that survey. This way I can get to know you. I want to know what motivates you. I want to know what struggles you're going through in studying. I want to know how you learn best. So please fill it out as honestly as possible and with as much detail as possible. And for everyone that completes the survey, I'm going to send a study guide on all 12 channels. I'm talking like 63 slides. You can use it as a quick reference whenever you're studying. We've got you know point categories there, key point functions there, and it's loaded with just purposeful trigger words to jog your memory so you can remember the information quickly. So keep it downloaded on your phone or print it out so you can just review on the go. All right, so please fill out the survey. Thanks, everyone. Enjoy the masterclass. This is episode number nine of Study Acupuncture with me. What's the topic of the day? Let's talk about the heart. Make sure you listen all the way to the end for a sample question and a key test-taking strategy. Welcome to Study Acupuncture with me, Richard Lai. I'm a doctor of physical therapy and acupuncturist. My goal, my mission, is to give you the education and confidence in acupuncture as a medicine so you can pass the board exams and be the best acupuncturist ever. Thanks for tuning in. Let the masterclass begin. So today's quote is, having a soft heart in a cruel world is courage, not weakness. Welcome to Study Acupuncture with me. My name is Dr. Richard Lai. Hope you're all doing really well. I do want to talk about this today, having a soft heart in a cruel world. So I have a daughter. She's 11 months old, and that means she's going to be turning one next month. And I and I can't really even believe it. I mean, I just keep thinking about how different life was one year ago, right? One year ago versus now. I mean, first of all, it's hard to differentiate if I'm just thinking like, okay, it's different because of the pandemic or... Is it because I have this beautiful, growing, 11-month, 16-pound baby girl in my life? I mean, she literally has me wrapped around her little finger. She has literally turned my world upside down. And I mean, I love it. I'm not going to deny she has me wrapped around her finger. So she's only 11 months old, and I'm like thinking about all the things that I want to teach her and all the things I want to experience with her. Like, I really want to carry her on my shoulders in Disney World, right? That's like this, this thought that always comes across my mind. And I want to bring her to Italy, where my wife and I went on my baby moon. And I want her to eat pasta. And I want to take her to the Amalfi Coast because, you know, my wife and I, we baby mooned in, in Italy. We went to the Amalfi Coast. We, you know, we hiked along the path of the gods while my wife was seven months pregnant, by the way. Um, I want to bring, you know, my baby girl to Taiwan, you know, where my family's from and just show them how they live and the food they eat. You know, I want to bring her to Korea so she can learn about all about her mom's culture. You know, all these things, you know, just just talking about it just it just makes me excited. It just brings me a lot of joy. And then there's this huge but. There's this huge but, but the world right now isn't a safe place. The world right now is sort of chaotic. This virus sort of puts everyone on a pause. And honestly, it's a blessing, but it's a curse at the same time. I mean, I mean, you know, it, it made me realize there's this huge parallel between people. 
everyone's experience is either one side or the other. For some people, this virus lets them stay at home and be with their families. For some, this virus makes them go to work and stay away from their families. For example, me, when I had to quarantine myself because of all that direct contact with you know, COVID patients, and, and that made me really depressed during that time. Now, with all this in mind, I'm really just trying to take it day by day, you know, one step at a time and just enjoy every moment with my daughter. You know, every little thing she does, I just try to savor it and I just try to soak it in. Like two days ago, all of a sudden she's clapping, you know, like just hitting one hand against the other, like not even really coordinated, just one hand stationary, one hand slapping the other one. I'm just like, oh my God, you're, you're clapping. Like I'm overly happy about that. You know, just her ability to just put her hands together repeatedly. So imagine when this whole world, right, normalizes, quote unquote, normalizes again. And I can actually take her to, to a place, to Disney World safely or to Taiwan safely, or Korea, or Italy safely. Imagine how freaking ecstatic I would be then. So I'm not going to take it for granted when I can. I promise. I'm just, I'm really excited about that day. Anyway, so today, let's chat about the heart. Let's chat about its functions. Let's chat about its pathologies, etc. So the heart's really important, right? How do you describe the heart? In Chinese medicine, it's described as the ruler. It's the emperor. It governs the mind, right? Your, your shen. Your, the main function of the heart is to govern blood. It governs the blood vessels. And what does it do? It houses the mind. See, the blood, right? The blood is kind of like a stage, right? It's the stage that the mind dances on. So if there are blood pathologies... Like if there's blood deficiency, for example, there's going to be symptoms related to the blood that come up, like anxieties, depression, insomnia. You'll see those things if your patient has like blood deficiency. So the heart governs blood in that it pumps the blood, right? It circulates the blood. And other organs also help with that, right? The lungs, the spleen, the liver. But right now I'm just talking about Eastern medicine. Okay, so don't get confused, right? I'm talking about Eastern medicine and its organ function. Because I know we know that in anatomy and physiology, the heart is made up of four chambers and we have two atria, we have two ventricles. The atria receives the blood, the ventricles pump the blood. We know that the right atrium receives blood from the body. We know that the blood that it receives from the body is deoxygenated. The right ventricle then takes that blood and pumps it to the lungs. You breathe in, your blood gets oxygenated, that blood goes back to the heart in the left atrium, then it goes to the left ventricle, it pumps that blood that's oxygen-rich now back out to the body. Right, so that's your heartbeat, that's circulation. So a healthy heart with an efficient heart means good circulation. In Chinese medicine, the heart also actually transforms food qi, or aka gu qi, into blood. So that's how the heart governs blood. The heart also controls the blood vessels. So if your heart chi is strong and you have sufficient heart blood, then the pulse, when you feel the pulse, it's going to be nice and strong, right? In a clinical sense, if we want to use clinical words, the pulse will be full and regular. But if your patient has heart blood deficiency, then you might feel a choppy pulse. And I mean, I know I'm talking a lot about pulses, but 
take a look at www.studyaccuwithme.com free. You can actually download a free study guide on pulses there. Um, and there's a bunch of other goodies there as well. So please like hit that part of the website up. Just take whatever you want. Download it all. Check, check out the videos. Just enjoy. Um, let's see. Let's talk about what the heart manifests in next. So the heart manifests in the complexion. So what's the complexion of your face, right? Your complexion, the color, how shiny your face is, the luster. It basically tells you the health and the status of the heart. So for example, if your face is pale, there could be, pale means blood deficiency. So it could be heart blood deficiency. If your face is red, right? Or like if your face just has red cheeks, that could mean yin deficiency. Oh, and this is important too. <laughs> I can't believe I almost forgot this one. Um, if you're going to differential diagnosis pale face, your patient can have a pale face, right? But there's two different kinds of pale face. It can be differentiated into dull pale and bright pale. So what's the difference? What's the difference between dull pale and bright pale? So both pale means deficiency. On the one hand, dull pale means heart blood deficiency. On the other hand, bright pale, right? Bright white or bright pale face, that means heart yang deficiency, right? So a good way to remember it, pale, just like dull pale, is heart blood deficiency, and bright pale or bright white is heart yang deficiency. Another good one to remember is how to differentiate between full heat and empty heat. So with full heat, your whole face is going to be red. The whole face is going to be red. With empty heat, only your cheeks will be red, right? Because what's empty heat? Empty heat is yin deficiency. Simple, right? So, all right. Let's talk about something else. The heart, it opens into what? It opens into the tongue. In the classics, it says the tongue is the offshoot of the heart, right? So each organ basically goes into a sense organ, the offshoot. So the heart opens into the tongue. So the heart will control the color, the shape, the appearance of the tongue. Um, it'll control also the sense of taste of the tongue. Um, yeah, so the tongue is... In that way, it's connected to the heart meridian. So if your function of the heart is normal, then your tongue will also be normal. It'll be moist. It'll be, you know, rosy red. There'll be a little shine to it. And your sense of taste also is going to be normal. And oh, also your tongue will be able to move freely. But if you have a pathology, so for example, heart blood deficiency, when you look at the tongue, it might be pale. If there's heart fire, the tongue could either be like super red or there could even be some ulcers. In Chinese, we call that huo qi, right? Huo qi da, meaning like the fire qi is big and there's causing ulcers. Um, or if you're super angry, right? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You probably heard that before, right? So angry words are going to come out of your mouth, you know? And also with heart disharmony like that, um, there might even be stuttering or aphasia. Aphasia is you know, non-speaking, right? Whether it's receptive or expressive aphasia. Receptive aphasia meaning that your patient may hear the words. However, they're not understanding the word. The brain is not translating the word appropriately. On the other hand, expressive aphasia, that's when the patient's literally unable to say the words that they're trying to say. They may be trying to say, the heart is strong, but they'll say 
prime cup laptop. Like it's like a word salad. It's all broken up. So the heart has this effect on the tongue itself, right? It has effect on the talking. Like if someone has heart pathology or just so much heart chi, they might talk too much, or they may talk too angrily, or their motor ability of their tongue may be affected. So they may have difficulty producing speech. And next, the heart is related to an emotion, right? So the heart is related to joy. So this means two ends of the spectrum, right? Your patient can experience the extreme highs of joy, but also they can experience the extreme lows of joy, which is like lack of joy. So joy in this case can be a root cause for someone's symptoms. Odd to say, right? Like joy is the cause of your symptoms. So I mean, think about my experience before, right? I was feeling lack of joy. I had to go to work. I had to have head to toe covered in you know PPE, personal protective equipment. I'm sweating like crazy. I'm living in fear every single day that one tiny small speck of coronavirus is going to come back to my home and you know go to my baby or my elderly mom, because you see fear. Counteracts joy. The heart controls joy, and fear counters joy. You can also have too much joy, like if you're overstimulated, right? If you've, you know, thankfully, maybe, hopefully not, but you may have seen a person who's laughing, 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 and then they had a heart attack, you know, or a little kid who they get really, really, really excited, and then they start to cry, right? So in those times when you know when I was going through those things, Heart Seven Shen Men was my go-to. Shen Men, really good for people who present with like heart blood deficiency symptoms. You know, so what are heart blood deficiency symptoms? That's like the pale tongue, the weak pulse, maybe a hollow pulse or a leather pulse. Like hollow pulse, hollow pulse is pretty extreme. You know, it's like they're hemorrhaging or they're about to hemorrhage. That's hollow pulse. So、um, in summary, heart heart governs blood. It controls the blood vessels. It manifests in the complexion. It houses the mind. It opens up to the tongue. You know, and also it—we didn't talk about this. It controls sweat. Sweat. Where does sweat come from? Sweat comes from this place called the tzoli. It's the space between the skin and the muscles. What is sweat? Sweat is a body fluid, and blood and body fluids do a little thing called they interchange. So, for example, if your blood is too thick, the body fluids will thin it down by entering into the blood vessel to thin down the blood. I mean, don't picture it like watering it down, right? Because it's not. The body fluid is actually interchanging, meaning it's changing into blood. So, between the tzoli, there's body fluid. Sweat is a body fluid. Blood and body fluids they do this thing called interchange. So if your blood is too thick, body fluids will enter in, and change, interchange, and thin it down. So this is how the heart is essentially related to sweat, right? Because sweat is a body fluid. So sweating can also be a symptom, right? Then because it's related to the heart. So this symptom can help you differentiate between some diagnoses.、Uh, what kind of symptoms do we have? We have spontaneous sweating. Your patient may have spontaneous sweating. Your patient may have night sweating. Your patient may have lack of sweating. Right? Spontaneous sweating is when they just do a small thing, like they stand up and they start to sweat a little bit. They start to perspire. Right? Night sweating is when at nighttime they wake up 
and um, or they may not wake up. They may just wake up in the morning time with a shirt that's drenched in sweat or the bed full of sweat. And then there's lack of sweating. That's just exactly what it sounds like. No sweat. So if your patient has spontaneous sweating, that's a symptom of a heart chi or heart yang deficiency. Heart chi or heart yang deficiency. If they have night sweating, then that's a, a symptom of heart yin deficiency. So for spontaneous sweating, it's heart qi or heart yang deficiency as the root. So what would your treatment principle be then for spontaneous sweating? So for spontaneous sweating, your treatment principle would be to tonify heart qi or tonify heart yang. Now what about night sweating? What's the root of night sweating? So the root of night sweating is yin deficiency. So you tonify yin. Bada bing, bada boom. Right? Very easy. And I think I should just caveat that sweating isn't solely a heart symptom. Right? Because lung qi deficiency also has spontaneous sweating as one of its symptoms. Right? So when we look at symptoms and we want to find out a diagnosis, the key is that we have to look at all of the symptoms. We have to identify the ones that trigger your, your eight principles. And then you have to hone in on the ones that isolate that organ. So spontaneous sweating, great. All right, we know it's either qi or yang deficiency. Now we have to look at the rest of the symptoms of the patient. If, for example, the patient catches colds often, okay, what does that sound like? That sounds like lung. So then pair those two, it might be lung qi deficiency. Now let's say instead of patient catches cold, it says, Patient has heart palpitations. Well, then you're probably thinking more of the lines of heart qi deficiency. So that being said, let's try a sample question. You made it this far, so you, you deserve a sample question. So let's say we have a 42-year-old female that comes to your clinic and they're complaining of sweating, especially around the head, the neck, the chest area. And she says that it gets worse whenever she's at work or whenever she's stressed about her job. She feels heart palpitations and she can't sleep at night. So you check her tongue, it's pale. You check her pulse, it's empty. So is this A, heart qi deficiency, B, heart yang deficiency, C, heart blood deficiency, or D, none of the above? So A, heart qi deficiency, B, heart yang deficiency, C, heart blood deficiency, or D, none of the above. So now here's the testing principle. So the secret to answering these questions. Whenever you're going to attack a question, look at the answer choices first and organize the question according to those answers. This is, I mean, I'm not going to lie. This takes a little bit of practice, okay? But let's practice now. Look at the answer choices that, that you're given here. And by the way, this is going to be in the show notes, and also it's going to be on the website, www.studyaccuwithme.com slash podcast slash 009. So whenever you attack a question, look at the answer choices first, and just organize what the question is probably asking. Right, So in this question, we have heart qi deficiency, heart yang deficiency, and heart blood deficiency, and then we have none of the above. So A, B, and C all have to do with heart, and they have to do with deficiency. 
So essentially for this question, all you're looking to differentiate is whether it's qi, blood, or yang deficiency. Now this is an easy example, right? But you may get heart as A, B as lung, C as heart, D as lung. So then you're going to have to differentiate between heart or lung qi deficiency, right? But in this case, very straightforward. It's just heart and deficiency. And now you're just trying to figure out whether it's qi, blood, or yang deficiency. So now you reread the question with that in mind. I'm looking for qi, blood, or yang deficiency. So let's reread the question, right? And let's go to first the tongue and pulse. So the tongue, the tongue is pale and the pulse is empty. We have a 42-year-old female who comes to us complaining of sweating, especially around the head, neck, chest area. She says what? It gets worse when she's at work or whenever she's stressed about her job. She feels heart palpitations. Also, she can't sleep at night. And you check her tongue, it's pale, and you check her pulse, it's empty. So tongue and pulse. The tongue, it just says it's a pale tongue. So we know that a pale tongue, right, it could be wet, which mean which would mean that it's yang deficiency, or dry, which would mean that it's blood deficiency. So in this case, it just says pale. So it doesn't really specify whether it's wet or dry. So, you know, we're going to lean towards like a qi deficiency here. The pulse. The pulse says empty. What does an empty pulse mean? Well, according to Machioja, empty pulse only means qi deficiency. So that sort of leads us towards qi again. So what pulse means though yang deficiency? Think about what the yang deficiency means, right? When you think yang deficiency, it means there's no yang, there's no energy. So when you feel a pulse that has no yang or no en energy, it's not going to bound up towards your fingers. Like it doesn't get any height or it doesn't jump up and get any amplitude, right? So it'd be relatively deep and low, right? Well, how do you describe that? It's weak. So that's what a yang deficiency pulse is. If it was really bad, then you could describe it as knotted. So what pulse means blood deficiency? Blood deficiency, think about blood filling up a blood vessel. If there's no blood, right, then that vessel is not going to be really filled, right? So then it would be kind of thin, kind of flat, right? Kind of fine, kind of small. So if there's no blood, it'll be a small, thin, fine pulse. And if there's really like no blood, right? Think about a hose, right? If there's no water coming out, it's just like getting the bottom of the well, it might pump out in spurts, right? It might pump out in little spurts, like here's some, here's some. What's, what kind of pulse is that? That means choppy pulse. So in this case, it says empty, right? So we're going to lean towards qi deficiency. So right now, A right? A is looking pretty good right now. And the rest of the symptoms in the question really all point towards heart. So we're good on that. So here we have strong evidence, right? We were able to prove heart and we were able to prove qi deficiency. So then we can confidently say A, heart qi deficiency, final answer. So let's recap on the test taking strategy, which is really important. Number one, read the answers first. 
and wrap your head around what the answers are asking. Then go back into the question and read the tongue and pulse first. Then reread the question with all of this context in mind. So you read the answer first because you want to find out what is this question going to be asking, right? The sample question that we did was asking you to differentiate between qi, blood, or yang deficiency of the heart. Next, read the tongue and pulse. And for the most part, the tongue and pulse should match your diagnosis. Like if you read the question and the answer choice that you choose has to do with heat, and the question has a pulse that's slow and tight. So those two things don't really match, right? Heat and slow and tight pulse, it doesn't really match. So you got to reread the question and see if that's really the best answer choice. All right, so I really hope you got something out of today's acupuncture masterclass. It's really high level, really good test taking strategies. So until next time, God bless and happy studying. All right, so if you really got something out of today's episode, it would mean the world to me if you shared that feeling with someone else. Hit the share button, copy the link in a text message or tweet, share it on Facebook or Instagram with the hashtag studyacupuncturewithme. Leave a comment, tell me you loved it, tell me you hated it, tell me what you want to hear more of or less of. And before I go, please go to Apple Podcast, iTunes, leave a review. It would mean the world to me. It would really help the podcast out so much. And I would just appreciate it to no end. Until next time, God bless and happy studying.